think about a guy's junk and how much that shit's bouncing too, right? Like, we don't have that much to worry about. Like, the balls are so delicate, I feel like that would be so uncomfortable. Just sloshing around in there? God. I'm gonna ask Andy. That'll be on our next podcast. What happens when you're running? Hello, my lovely friends. Oh, this is recording. Excellent. I thought it wasn't. Uh, Welcome back to the next episode. I have more episodes and they just keep coming. It's funny because in February, I was like, oh man, this is getting too crazy. I'm only going to do two a month. And if you are a subscriber, which would be excellent if you were, you will have noticed that we have not missed a week because it's just too fun sometimes. And there's too many people to talk to. And here we are. So those of you that are supporting the show on Patreon, a huge thanks for doing that. What do we do there? Well, sometimes we do some strength workouts. Sometimes I will post a video of an update from the last time I've seen Tori. It's also a place where you can just reach out if you have any requests for guests or topics or questions or if you want to be a guest yourself. And those people will get priority, obviously, because they are my super supporters. If $2 a month is not something you want to do or you just don't feel like clicking all those buttons on the internet, but you do want to support the show, screenshot us, tag me on Instagram, hillsport55, or just go to Apple Podcasts and click the five-star button. That maybe is the easiest thing you can do. Um, yeah, if you hate me, write me an email and then we can have a personal discussion. That's more fun. Not a lot of hate, but occasionally. But I think if you're not pissing some people off, then you're not doing it right, right? Um, I also just am feeling overjoyed with the athletes that I have right now. You guys are all super amazing and I love all of you. So this is kind of a time I have like one, maybe two spots open Um, so it's really nice to have a full roster and everybody has races coming up here in BC. They just uncanceled a bunch of races. So I am beyond stoked to be doing the Finless and Arm double, which I got roped into by the race director. So a big thanks to Mike for that. So it means that I will do hundred K on the Friday (sighs) starts at 5 PM. So yeah, go ahead and do the math on that. Here's the thing with this 100K is it's known as Tori would say to run like 100 miles because it has got so much climbing over 20,000 feet, 6,000 meters. Um, But it's not just like I go up and then I get to fly down. It's stupid technical terrain. Um, And I say stupid because I suck at that technical of terrain. So for me, it's just I'm going out to survive throughout the night. And so I spoke to my friend who actually have been on this podcast before that's also doing it, Brittany. And she's like, yeah, your headlamp looks at a lot of little eyeballs shining back at you and they're just deer, but we are also in cougar and bear territory. So um, yeah, I guess I'm bringing a knife in my pack. And then I said to Katie, I have a, a knife, but that makes me feel like I have to be really close to the cougar. And she's like, yeah, you just have to get like real nice and close up in there. And then, um, he can't get you because I'll have, I'll just be under his guard, which is what they say in MMA. Anyways, I'm butchering this story, but the idea that I have to get real up and close to my cougar in the middle of the night to fight him off with my knife, I guess I won't be worried about feeling tired, right? Because I've got bigger worries, but I'll have poles. Poles might save me. It's an out and back twice. So that is a little better because I mean, it's monotonous and difficult mentally. I didn't mean to go on a rant about this before they started. I'm sorry, but here I am. Um, but at least I'll see other headlamps suffering through the night. So that seems cool. And then I 
hope to finish the woman's record right now is like 17 hours which will be finishing at 10 a.m so let's be realistic it'll be somewhere after that um i don't even want to put out a goal time i haven't done enough research yet but sometime saturday midday hang around at the finish line a bit uh and then you know do some high fives be a little drowsy and then try to sleep I guess as much as I can because the double part of the double means that I race the 28k super technical terrain the next morning at 8 a.m. So I have, I don't know, maybe a 15 to 20 hour period to recover. So I'll eat some stuff, definitely eat some stuff, try to sleep, give my kid a hug. Uh, yeah, I don't know, that's gonna suck a lot. Anyways, it'll be fun. Only one woman has ever finished the double. So I know that Brittany's going to finish it. Um, I don't know any other w women that are doing it right now, but uh, maybe this is the year that we get a bunch of us to do it. Anyway, blibbly blabbly blue. I would like to say a think, a think, a thanks to our sponsor for this one. Actually, this is a great, this is like such a great, 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 great sponsor for this because they're sending me some flavors that I haven't tried yet, Athletic Brewing Company, and I'm going to bring them to that race so that at the 100K finish line, I can feel a part of the celebration that we just finished 100K by having some alcohol-free, delicious brews, pretending that I'm a part of it all. Well, I am a part of it all, just without the alcohol so that I can get up and run the 28K the next day. This is amazing. So thanks to Athletic Brewing Company, for supporting the show. So Athletic Brewing brews delicious craft beer and it just happens to be non-alcoholic. The founders, Bill and John, are craft beer lovers who wanted to cut back on alcohol without compromising on flavor, um, but the interesting flavors that they loved in other craft beers just weren't available in non-alcoholic non beer. So they brewed the beer they wanted to drink. As it turns out, there's a lot of people that want to moderate or abstain and are still thirsty for a great beer. That is me. I am actually day 35 or something of just being like, I don't need any booze. Sometimes it's nice to just take a break and feel super refreshed. Um, I had another previous guest, Hillary, who talked about um, taking some time off too. And it's really nice. It just feels good. So go check out Athletic Brewing at um, athleticbrewing.com. I will link to that in the show notes. And if you use the discount code trailrunningwomen15, you get 15% off. So it is available in Canada and US and um, full, you have to write that out for this one. Athletic Brewing, oh my God, no, Trail Running Women 15 at checkout at athleticbrewing.com. And of course, get your Gooder sunglasses at always at gooder.com backslash TRW and use a discount code TRW15 for 15% off some sweet ass sunglasses. I just got more delivered so that I can stock up for my summertime fun. Okay, guys, here we are. We're at the body image episode. Tori and I wanted to do this for a long time. We finally did. It's amazing. We, we're still going through it. Everybody that I know is still going through it. So this isn't gonna have like advice. This is just bringing these thoughts that people sometimes have by themselves out uh, to talk about and we talk about experiences we had with kids and the effect of diet culture on our parents and on everything. And, oh, my mom's here. I gotta go, because my mom's here. Speak of the devil, talking about parents. Um, you know what? Give me one second. Yeah, no problem. We intro this enough, so I'm gonna leave it at that. Here is Tori. Yeah, I'm ready. You can just still record this. 
Okay. The long-awaited body image conversation. I'm so excited. We said we were going to do this forever ago, and it never goes away. And we just never had the conversation. But finally, we're here with Tori, remote location in Comox Valley. Welcome back, Tori. Thanks. Um, Wait, when did we say we were going to do this? Always. We've always been like, let's do this. Let's do this. And then it just doesn't happen. Okay. How do you feel about the phrase body image? Um, that is a banger of a first question. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I usually like critique the like things that are labeled a certain way and like, you know, buzzwords. I usually like, like to analyze them, but I don't think I have an issue with this one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's self-explanatory. I think it's just the image of your body. Sometimes yeah. I just like to say things backwards as though that's really digging into it. You do that a lot. But I do do that. I think so. Yeah, no, I do for sure. I've never, <laughs> that's really funny. Okay, well, this is going well. Do you want to give us a like a two minute Coles Notes elevator pitch on your new life and how you're doing? Yeah, um, less than two weeks ago, I moved to Comox Valley on kind of like, I guess, north considered mid island, mid North Island on Vancouver Island. Um, I'm here for work, but still working remotely. And I have two friends. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That is so that's fast. I live in Tawasson and never have friends. Yeah, two friends um, for jogging. So I do most things alone, but um, I've done a few jogs with them, which is really great. They're actually like people I like. like. Um, and then, yeah, I went to the climbing gym and crushed all the V0 roots on Monday. And yeah, I'm, the place is getting painted this weekend, um, an ugly beige color. But I think, I think beige is making a comeback. I really do. No, it totally is. A fresh beige is better than an old beige, at least, right? Totally. It will, like, make it be all nice and clean looking. So, um, yeah, it's, like, I don't know, it's a beautiful place. There's lots of sweet mountains and roots I want to I wanna do, and that's pretty much it. Well, I look forward to uh, visiting. I have accounts up there, so I get to see Tori. It is wake up time for the baker, so you might hear some weird noises, but we're used to that. And I'll try to mute when Andy or when Andy when Tori's giving her like amazing advice. Amazing um, advice. Also, can you not wait until Baker can record when he speaks English? Yes, uh, he's going to say the most ridiculous shit because he definitely copies everything now. Um, but when people, other people, know what he's copying, it's gonna it's gonna get weird. He's so funny. Oh my gosh, he is. He is fucking cute. Um, okay. So we put out a post that was like, give us your comments, your questions, your rants. Um, and just to try to like normalize this conversation and get other people's experiences out there as well for other people to hear. Because I think some people think like, oh my God, I must have the worst body. Is this only me that's experiencing this? Um, so we're just going to give a platform for everybody's comments. We're just going to read them out loud. And then we're going to get into some of the questions. And like Tori, I don't think but myself for sure. I'm not like over the body image stuff. We're not like experts saying this is how we've dealt with it. We're all going through it seemingly all the time. So, I mean, it's just the best that we can do at this point in time, I guess, is my preamble. Yeah. And I think the first of all, the call out, um, I got no slides. <laughs> all the slides went to Hillary, which is great. It's fine. It's her podcast, but like I did ask for slides, whatever. I think it's just the ease, the ease of it. it to just reply to the human that did the post, you know? Yeah. So Hillary got some awesome comments. So we're going to start with like comments slash rants. And then there's like a few questions if we have time. And just to add to what you were saying, Hillary, I think like 
in like the world of like, just to bring like a clinical counseling perspective in it, like having, just bringing things to the forefront and saying things out loud and labeling them or naming them or addressing them to, to normalize. Like you said, it's a really, really like powerful thing. And it, it, um, it can be really helpful. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Okay. So do you want to, um, should we just rotate these rants? Yeah. So there's, I'm looking at them. There's about just to give people six or seven, I think. Oh no, there's way more than that. There's one, two, three, four, like 12. Yeah. Okay. So I put them into categories a little bit. So maybe let's just read. Like, I feel like if we read one and then start chatting about it, we're never going to get anywhere because we probably have so much shit to say on every single one of them. So why don't we alternate reading the first group and then have like a general comment about it? Okay. So read the first chunk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You want to go first? Sure. Yeah. So the first one, um, it seems like everyone has some issue with their body, no matter what they look like, exclamation mark. Change is hard to accept, whether that is getting thinner or thicker or older or etc. Number two, the struggle of people skinny bashing. I try hard to put on muscle on my legs, but they're just naturally small. It's frustrating when I feel strong, but people just comment on my leg shape as being otherwise. So much to say on this. Um, <laughs> not that I get skinny. Pain. I know this is so hard not to be like, what the fuck? Every single time. Yeah, all my skinny, but like, not that I get skinny. <laughs> I, I know these people I'm like oh yeah this is not happening to me but I'm trying to be open-minded <laughs> I'm annoyed at that okay um three right now I'm trying to work on being proud of what my body has done for me in my life I'm also thinking a lot about the concept of body image ideals being created by the patriarch and the perfect body ideal in quotes being used to hold women down slash oppress fucking love this person the health slash wellness slash fitness industry often makes a lot of profit on women's bodies not being perfect. I fucking love this person. Like, I know she's. I know. I know her. Actually, she is awesome. This is like what I would like to write, but I didn't. It wasn't able to write it. <laughs> but then again, I'm guilty of beating myself up for not having a good enough in quotes body. So the struggle is real. And the crazy thing is too. Um, I played hockey with her. We're like old, super old friends, and she's fucking gorgeous. Like. It's so, it's just so bizarre that like every single person feels this, but anyways, um, number 3.2, I added this in because this was just kind of good place for it. And this one, I have so much to say on and makes me fucking bananas, but I'm a nanny of two four-year-olds and the grandma won't stop talking about how small, petite and beautiful one of the girls is and how pudgy the other one is. They're both excellent skiers, play soccer and very athletic. Like, fuck you. They're four. Yes, I love this person too. (laughs) Why does body shaming start that young? Not sure if it's relatable for the episode, but they're so athletic. The mom is an Olympic gold medalist and the dad does Ironmans. Why does it matter what the kids look like? Well, the dad does Ironmans. Oops, just joking. Just joking. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. Okay, four. Oh, wait, you did 3.2. Now we're on another digit. Four. Um, I get surprised. Look, when I say I'm a runner, because people assume I'm pregnant because I still have a nice slouchy pouch. So what if I was pregnant and a runner? Fucking love this person. Love them. <laughs> anyway, I shied away from running for a while because of my loose skin flapping. And then I discovered high rise compression shorts. For me, I've, I have way more confidence running now than I have in years due to that simple change. Five. 
Oof. I had an eating disorder in college while training for my first and second marathons. It did not help that my friends and family members made comments about my weight. Literally, I wasn't even overweight when I first started training. So when I went a little crazy with diet and running and being told I looked so good and qualifying for Boston only made me lean more towards my eating disorder. Fuck yeah, all the time. This is what happens. Two stress fracture laters, I still struggle with my eating disorder, but now I'm getting into lifting and wanting bigger thighs. And the crazy thing, lifting helps me run hills better, question mark. Yeah, strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, you guys, the um was written in here. That wasn't just me. And now I'm definitely <laughs> rocking the short spandex short every day if it's warm enough. So looking forward to this episode. Oh my gosh, I honestly just welled up with tears. That person's story I resonate so much with. That was right. so good. Like, right? Um, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> This is so good. <laughs> oh, I so much to say about number five. Okay. Um, okay. It's me now. Number six. Um, in high school, they did not say um. <laughs> <laughs> in high school, our creepy cro- oh, fuck. Our creepy <laughs> approached me and told me I should try cross country because I had a quote, runner's body, quote. In brackets, I was super underweight in high school, end bracket. Went to one practice, felt like I was going to die, never went back. Then as an adult, had a male trainer once tell me I should strive for a sprinter's body, not an endurance runner's body, because nobody wants that body type. For fucking sakes. Right. Turns out I actually have developed a quote, sprinter's body. In a, I, sorry, actually have developed a quote, sprinter's body in adulthood, but run long distances, but joking comments have made have been made to me that I'll never be as a fast distance runner because I'm short and muscular. Basically people in brackets, mostly men seem to think that our bodies are up for critique and discussion, which pisses me off enormous, enormously, but still messes with my mind. Can't wait for this episode. That was good. Yeah, I can relate to that. That was really good. Seven. Hey, I've got a beef with body positivity to bring up. This sounds negative, but she has a really good point. People are thinking they're brave for posting a photo of their little love handles or with their belly pushed out or Will Smith posting his quarantine dad bod. I think it's great to accept these so-called flaws, but there are people who are big enough that they actually have a hard time finding workout clothes that fit. These post photos get a fat phobic comics while Will Smith gets congratulated for gaining 20 to 30 pounds. Not for me. I've learned so much from following the Murnivator and Levron 2000. Um, the motivator, I'm trying so hard to get on the show. But yeah, like I think we're not supposed to comment, but you know, like it goes too far sometimes without. And then I told her, like, I was guilty of that too, of having skinny friends being like, I'm on a diet. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I come on the podcast and then I'm like, I feel big. And then I'm like, what the fuck? Because we, there's different sizes for me and there's different sizes yeah. for the skinny people. And we <clears throat> all can shame each other without meaning to. Without meaning to, yeah, that's true. Wait, we can comment now because we're past number seven. Yes, that's true. We can. Um, okay, highlights, things. What do you? What did you feel from that in general? Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for being vulnerable and sharing those comments. One, they were really well written, and like, mm-hmm. and I resonated so much, but couldn't have said it better myself or written it better myself. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, like the overarching theme. I don't know if there's an overarching theme because everyone has their individual experiences, but I would say like the overarching theme would be like, stop the patriarchy, but also like, maybe not, but yeah, I think it's really tied to, um, like capital (laughs) blame everything on capitalism, but no, like the, the industries, like the fitness and the food industries and 
Totally. There's such a good point um, that was by Emily that the profit on women's bodies not being perfect. Yeah. And it's been like that since like we were before we were born. I always am curious though, that like, I wonder in cultures that are like a matriarch society or in cultures where like, they're not capitalist. Um, if those trends still exist, that's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Like the other thing I thought was interesting was that like, we have people saying they have too much skin. We have people saying they're too skinny. We have people saying they're too big. We have people later on that talk about their thighs and talk about their boobs. So it's like, it's not just one size fits all, not no pun intended. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we, what is perfect? Because everybody seems to find something that's wrong. So there doesn't seem to be any ideal. It's just whatever you have, it isn't right. I hope and I think that the narrative and the, I don't know, the themes are shifting a bit because like, you know, the power of social media, there's a lot of people out there you know, influencing that are focusing on how do you feel and do you feel strong and do you feel well? It's like, you know, I'm not like, I'm going to, I'm going to eat that bag of chips because that is going to benefit me. Or I'm not going to eat the bag of chips because it, last time I did, it made me feel really sick. Um, and the like focus maybe on, you know, fucking wellness, there's a fucking term. But like the focus on feeling good and feeling strong rather than looking a certain way for aesthetics. One of the comments reminded me of a conversation I had with Nicola the other night. Um, like the one about the grandma commenting and like, yeah, I think it's, it's, I like to think that the generations are shifting a bit. Um, I've had these conversations with my family of like setting boundaries. Oh, we're going to talk about that later, I think. But yeah, um, when sometimes other generations or not other generations like think it's appropriate to make comments on the way people or children look um, aesthetically and just kind of perpetuating that like toxic culture, I think. But um, I think the best way to address that is like setting your own personal boundaries, even though I don't think you should have to. I think that, yeah, the problem with making comments on people, there's a lot of problems with making comments on people's bodies, but the big thing is that like your body's your body and you can fuck around with it. You can play games with your body. You can, undernourish you can overnourish you can do whatever the fuck you want but like more often than not like if you've played games and yo-yoed or whatever like your body kind of has a set point and it is what it is so you can can you can continue to choose to not accept it or work on not accepting it for the rest of your life but like it's gonna be a really fucking hard life totally yeah so there's definitely like just an acceptance of like this is where you feel best and it's going to be different from everybody and i think science shows that um, like diets don't work. They don't work. Um, that's, I can't help, but do you want to share like an experience like these other people did, or did you want to just keep going? Cause I kind of want to share things, but no, I would like to share one too. I think like this one about the kids really resonates with me. And I think you're right. It's like, <clears throat> I want to be careful how I say this too, because I don't think it's their fault. Um, yeah. So like my family, for example, there's been a focus on weight as it is supposed to mean that you're healthy. And that's not because they had all of the information and then chose to decide this. It's because they grew up in such an intense diet culture without all of this body positivity shift that we're going on right now. And that's, if that's how you grew up, like way worse than we even did because the ideal wasn't like as muscular as it's supposed to be now or anything. And there wasn't, image there wasn't plus size models um they were just being told over and over again that like this is something you have to have to be happy 
So then their concern for their kids is I want these kids to be happy. And that means that they have to be skinny. So I think it is so much deeper than just being like, I don't love you because you look a certain way that has nothing to do with it, but I want you to have the best chance at life. And I'm so used to being told that means you have to look a certain way that I need to comment on my four-year-old and make sure that they're, you know, as thin as the other four-year-old. Um, so I think it's so complicated and I don't think it's like if you start getting mad at these comments from the older generations that it helps. I think it's just like you said, setting boundaries and um, I guess having some compassion for what they went through growing up too. And I know like my mom won't remember these things and she'll say they didn't happen and she did not mean them maliciously at all. But there were little times in my life that like you never get over Mm-hmm. Or she'd be like, I'm on the straight and narrow tomorrow and looking in the mirror sideways after a big dinner. And I've always been bigger than my mom. So then I sit there and go like, what's wrong with me? It's so crazy, especially like with kids, like they're modeling everything you do. And so even if they're not directly saying what their opinions are on like their own body, you can sense it. Do we have the same mom? Like we're all going to screw up, right? And her parents were the same. And they're like, the culture that they were put in was so aesthetic and like, Mm -hmm. like diet culture was so aggressive with like everything being like butter and like milk. And like, you have to be tiny Mm -hmm. that like, I just feel sick for them too, having to have gone through that. And, and it's funny, like we think we're doing it right. Or we think we're on a better track now and things are shifting and improving, but but we're not the next few generations will be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like totally. Like I'm going to fuck Baker up in so many ways, which is also why I get emotional because I'm like, Oh God. And then I see like his stepdaughters are already like, they call one of them like, Oh, chubbier than the other. And I'm like, fuck, like how this feels like a, such a lost cause sometimes too. Do you ever nip that in the butt when that happens with the stepdaughter? Yeah, I do. I'm like, guys, that doesn't matter. You can't, but then I don't want to be like, you can't say that to her. Cause then I'm putting more negative. Cause then, also, on it too. Cause then you're also censoring in a way. And it's like, Totally. So Um, I'm just like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like she's so smart and like, she's so nice and like teaching you guys a lot. You guys are, she's the older one. So she's just fucking hit puberty before them. Right. So she's just bigger. Yeah. But it's also funny, like not funny, but the way that you just described like the mom thing, like, like you, it seems like you've done a lot of work. It just sounds like you've done a lot of work to like come, like talk about it and think about it and perceive it and, and frame it in a way of compassion versus like, resentment and like blaming them for certain issues and like all this shit. So like, um, cause I think it's easy to be like, Oh, it's my mom's fault that I have this like relationship with food and relationship with my body. Whereas like, oh, and it's, it's hundred percent not either. Right. It's her having been influenced by the entire world and then the entire world influencing me too. And the fact that I had the same body now that I had when I was 11 and I just <laughs> don't respond well to that. Totally. I was like, you know, those like times where like you don't feel good in your body and then you look back at a photo and you're like, whoa, I'm such a babe. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just like, and now I'm fucking getting old. Like you never win. There's no happy time. <laughs> yeah. And also the idea, someone commented on like the idea of like change is hard and like, you know, change is just hard when you like, they didn't say fluctuate, but I gotta go back to comments and look, but um the concept of change or like changing your body because it's not good enough. Like that is what the, that's what capitalism has profited on. Like that's what the industries have profited on. It's like the idea of changing your fitness, changing your um, nutritional intake, changing the way your body looks like all the idea of change is that is capitalism. So it's so embedded in our culture because that's how our society functions. 
is like, it's like, it happens with like fucking appliances in our home, you know, get a better appliance, improve all the idea of change is capitalism. And this will make you happier. Once you get this, you'll be happy. And not being satisfied and not being content. Yeah. And that, that's why, that's why we, yeah, that's the world we live in. So you wanted to, and I totally just like stole that part of the conversation. You wanted to share an experience too. Do you want to go ahead and do oh, that? It's just kind of a funny experience. Well, if Katie, I don't know if Katie listens to this, but like she'll be like, fuck Tori, you're really talking about that again. Cause like it's stuck in my brain and I haven't got rid of this. And it happened like three or four years ago. It's just funny. Like out of all the comments that maybe mostly men make about bodies or people make about people's bodies, like this one just stuck in my head so bad. And I, you probably heard this story too. So Katie and I were at, um, we were pre-sweeping. I'm not going to say the name of the race, but we were pre-sweeping um, a stage race. So we were getting up before the runners and we were just like checking the flagging and forerunning. So, um, which was sick because we basically got to live like Queens and we did that for a few years. And so one of the years we just finished the last leg. So it was like a hundred mile week, like lots of climbing, lots of mountainous, like remote stuff. Um, it was awesome. And it was like a big training week. It was awesome. And then we get to the last, so we get to like the aid station at the last stage. Cause we had just finished. It was like maybe 11 or noon, but we had just been running all morning. And one of the guys who I'd known for years, I'm not going to say the race, this the, works on the same race company. Um, he knew me for years because we had met at another race in Colorado, like years before, and we kept in touch. And it's such a him issue, but I just can't get the comment out of my head over the years. He was like, oh, how was it? And we just finished like six days or five days of like pretty hard running. And he's like, looks at me, he's like, how's your fitness? And Katie and I, Katie was like, what? Katie starts laughing. She's like, well, our fitness is like, you know, a hundred miles in five days. We're pretty good. Like, and Um, and he literally said, um, because like, you're bigger than you were in Colorado, like blah, blah, blah years ago. And I was like, and I just can't get that comment out of my fucking head. And then I remember like, you know, for days later, now years, whatever, like I'll bring it up sometimes to Katie. Cause she was right beside me and she's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, and it doesn't fucking matter. And the funny part is that person actually has made comments on this other woman that's the race director like they're really good friends and over the years he's made comments on her like cesarean scars and just like bullshit I really hope they're not listening to this podcast but um it's a him issue like it's him with the body image issue like it's a him issue and he was projecting um but I remember thinking back of like where I was in my life when he first met me in Colorado and I was not I was not in a good place like I was underfueling. I was, I was also like very similar in size. Um, I was underfueling. I was, um, overtraining, underfueling, and I was coming out of a really, really toxic relationship. Like I lost myself. Um, anyway, that comment just fucking, it's been years. I need to get over it. That, no, that's fair to just take your time. Cause that would fuck me up. And then I would compare every day to that 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 person said and this actually this is a great story to have shared because there's a question on how we respond to questions about our body now and comments with her fucking british blunt humor she was like 
<laughs> she was just kind of like, that's like dumb. Like she was just like, I mean, at least I had a witness. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I had an ally because I was like, did anyone just hear that? Like, are you- I would have ripped him to shreds. I would have picked apart anything that I could find about his body, which is not what I recommend doing, but I would have fucking gone bonkers in the other direction. Well, was like, you know, we can deconstruct it all we want, but like, we're not going to, but like fitness equates how you look. And speaking of like Instagram people, there's this runner named Ali Kiefer who's a big advocate for, she does like 5k, 10ks and half marathons. And she's got like a bunch of records in the States um, and she often posts photos of her times and how she feels when she was like underfueling or just like, um, you know, like not, she's really working hard to have a better relationship with fueling and food and nutrition. And so then she'll post like, oh, I'm like this, you know, I don't go on the scale, but like, this is, I'm like this much heavier and like, but not even heavier. And so she'll post these pictures of her she looks the same, but how like the more healthy relationship she gets with her body and with food and how that's translating to her like five case splits. It's fucking impressive. And so I think even relieving the stress of, you know, the stress of hating your body or the stress of like analyzing everything you put into it as an endurance runner, that stress is going to, it's going to show up if you're racing for performance. And I think if you can work on alleviating that stress, you're going to perform better. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so many good things there, but I think we need to move on. Okay. So let's just read, there's questions about chafing and boobs and stuff. So I am, let's just read all of these out and go from there as well. Okay. So it's so hard to find a decent bra. My boobs change size daily. Yeah, that's true. Um, I love your podcast and the next trail episodes is going to be great one for sure. I just want to throw my shot, throw my thoughts in there on body image. I have some big old boobs. (laughs) 32 DDD. I've hated them since I was 13 years old because I felt like they held me back from sports. Successful female athletes never seem to have big boobs. My body wasn't meant to be an athlete. As a tween, my well-meaning dad told me I shouldn't slide into bases on my stomach in softball. I could never find a sports bra that supported me. I finally did at age 27 and I struggled with feeling like don't belong in the running world because of my boobs. I never thought seriously until for a reduction until I started running my clothes and hydration vests for female runners are all made for smaller chest sizes. I'll add why the heck does anyone else think me wearing a sports bra? Oh no, that's somebody else. That's also boobs. Um, yeah, I get that. My sister is similar. She's well, she also doesn't like moving. So she uses her boobs as an excuse to not run, but she's had massive boobs since she was yeah, 12 or 13, we go on vacation and people would think that she had fake implants. And she was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm 14 years old. Like, wow. um, cause she looks like she has like a fake body. Like it's just read the next, read the next one. We got to keep going. What? You have to read the next part. We're what not the- commenting yet. We got to keep going. We're never going to get through all these. Wait, are we reading the comment right below this? Yes. It, it doesn't have a number. Sorry. I screwed that up. Oh, Okay. Um, why the heck does anyone else think that me wearing a sports bra on a run has anything to do with you, the global you, not your podcasters? I need no comments, no honks, no looks. Thank you. I always feel a mix of body proud and shame at the same time. And it's super weird phenomenon, but damn it. If it's hot or even mildly warm, that's what I'm wearing. Yell at me to wear some more sunscreen. Maybe. So this is a vent, huh? Yeah. Lots of vents. That's good. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why it's acceptable. Well, it's less acceptable these days to make comments on people's bodies in public it's pretty fucked it totally is and i'm going to um read the pregnancy ones too and then that might be a different episode because we are going to run out of time eventually or i'll talk to them after the questions but i'm going to read them now 
me, me. <laughs> I tried hard to keep running when I was pregnant, but I was horribly sick for four months and then my hips had widened and it hurt to just run. So I walked. I felt so bad about myself. Like if I were a real ultra runner, I would just keep running through pregnancy. Why wasn't I tough enough to keep running? Honestly, the guilt was more internal than external. I felt like such a failure because I always had that cruel pregnant runner chick in my head. And I got a little down on myself when I see other women successfully run through pregnancy. Um, and then the next one is I would love to hear some stories of women on how they handled the mental fuck of body image issues, changings and slowing down during pregnancy. Also coming back from running and how hard speed, speed workouts are after pregnancy. So I'm actually doing a podcast with Alex who just had a baby. Um, he's also a coach and used to be a bodybuilder and is amazing. So I might, if we don't have time today, I'm going to bring those up with her and get two people who have recently had babies and been through this. And she's a very good person to chat to because she's always been like ripped as fuck. And then she had to gain like 15 pounds to even get pregnant. Um, and she has 250,000 followers on Instagram. So the like public change for her, um, Mm -hmm. and how she dealt with that. So I think we will park those, um, unless we have time to get back to them today. Okay. Do you want, how many, do you want to do, we have three questions. Do you think we have time for them? All three? Yeah, let's start. Um, why don't we start with number one? Do you want to read it? Okay. I've recently had several people ask why I rent so much because I'm already so thin. I don't even want to acknowledge the comment. How do you in tour deal with unwanted body comments, especially in a professional setting? First of all, I love this person because they call me Tor and we have an I said that the other day when people call me Hill right away. Tiara did that and I was like, yes. <laughs> we are automatically best friends. <laughs> people don't like automatic nicknames, but I like really like it. It's like this automatic bond. Exactly. We're in. We're in. Um, <laughs> um, so I can read like my rants that I, should I read what I was thinking? Yeah, do get it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just... There's a lot going on there, but, uh, yeah. Who are these people making comments? So I think it's, if so there, I think it's really wise to not acknowledge the comment. Cause like we don't, it's not our responsibility to have the perfect thing to say to like get them to wake up. That's not our responsibility. Um, so I'm just curious, like who are these people and how important are they to you? If they're total strangers or not in your close circle, um, then like that, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, it does, it does affect us, but it obviously like can affect us less perhaps. Um, it may be easier to give less fucks and remind yourself that it's like a them issue. Um, if it's from like your close connections or family or friends, um, I've recently found success in expressing boundaries about those I trust. So kind of going back to what Hillary was saying earlier about her mom, um, like my mom is from that generation and has this habit of like making compliments to people, especially girls and women about their appearances. Like, Oh, you look so pretty. And I've actually tried to have these conversations with her in the last few years about like, um, how I feel and like how, if you're going to compliment me, like I would love you to compliment me on my actual accomplishments, (laughs) like not the way I look like when I brush my hair. (laughs) Like, so she's recently learned that compliments on my aesthetics are not as impactful for me Um, And some people love comments on their aesthetics, but for me, like, I don't, like, I like it for sure, but it's not like my favorite kind of compliment. Um, So if you make compliments or comments on my brain or like accomplishments in life. um, And so she slowly kind of started to come around or at least recognize that those don't work for me. And it's not that I want to like have her tiptoe around me, um, but 
when she like is with like, I guess her granddaughter or stepped granddaughter and she'd be like, Oh, Emma, you look so pretty. And then if I'm in the room, she'll be like, she'll try, she'll like notice it, that she's saying it. And I think that's a huge like change. Like that's a huge, just having that conversation with her. She's like, Oh wait, Tori doesn't like that. So, Oh, Emma, that's really good reading or whatever. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, I've kind of had these conversations saying to her, that's really observant of you to say, I love it when you also recognize my accomplishments as my body is just my body. Um, so, and also like, I'll try to, when I'm around people, I'll try to model, um, recognizing things from other people, like with not what they look like, just to comment on other things or things I enjoy about people that have nothing to do with their looks. That's really, that's really good advice. And that, um, I like that there's like actual tangible things that you can do there because it is such a complicated topic. And like, obviously you just heard me get emotional a second ago when I think about, I think the past and like getting through it. Um, and that it is harder with the people closest to you, I think, because you want them to just love you no matter what. Um, and I think that is super good advice there. And I do have to like credit the people around me, including my parents too, that they're just really open to hearing these things and trying to make changes. And I'm still guilty of it that like, if someone says, oh, you look really good, um, that's close to me, it's hard not to be like, oh, well, thanks, you know, like doing the good thing uh, instead of having that boundary then too. Um, but when it comes to strangers, like in this question, mm-hmm. for me, it is like exactly the opposite of it is, is the people that are near me. Like I do not give a stranger like one fucking second to comment on me. And I haven't had a comment in a long time. Um, and it is either two things. I will definitely give off a vibe. That's like, I fucking dare you to say mm-hmm. anything. And I will crush your skull with my hand. If you do mm-hmm. like, I just won't take it. Or I know enough about, nutrition and fitness to turn the conversation into something where they cannot keep up scientifically about health and size in a hurry as well. And these are not good strategies, but like, I just don't have the time of day for it. So if it's somebody that I don't know, and that's challenging because if it was a coworker, yeah, then I would probably just in a really nice way, start talking about, um, health measures that have nothing to do with size and fitness measures, um, whether that be certain types of blood work or your heart rate variability um, and just totally switch topics into. But then again, like just to like even deconstruct this more, sorry, are you done? Yeah. I'm just thinking of like realistically what I do. I don't think, I don't know if that is would be right or not. Like this case is really, and I think the thing for this person, sorry, one more thing. Yeah is that people don't think saying things about being thin is going to be hurtful mm-hmm. because that is like whatever the goal mm-hmm. the universal goal is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's confusing, but what were you going to say? Um, well, yeah, I just like, I also had something about like, as I'm looking at what I wrote about like, Oh, if it was a stranger and you don't care about them, like you could respond something like you are awesome. Exaggerated enthusiasm. I was wondering about your physiology too, but I decided to keep my mouth shut. But as I'm analyzing the two of us having these conversations and I'm like further deconstructing it, I can't help but think um, we're still like, it's like, this is a them issue, right? Like the more that, like, yeah, it affects us for sure. And that's human nature to have a feelings and emotions about what people say. Um, 
but I think the more we realize like, this is a them issue. It's not my, like, we don't need to put this on our shoulders. And I think women a lot tend to put responsibilities in the weight of the world on their shoulders. And we don't need to, like, we can model, we can, you know, we can work on our own acceptance. We can work on how we feel in our own bodies. We can like, you know, and people can fucking say bullshit. Also, this made me realize the thing I can't fucking get over from a few years ago. Um, I, what I wish I had said was, Oh, the time I wasn't menstruating. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't fit. Not like I wasn't fit. I just wasn't getting a period. You fucking dickhead. Anyway, this, this fucking guy, he like, it's just funny when you say it out loud, I don't know if it changed for you at all, but for me, I I immediately was just like, that guy's got some problems, right? Like he is looking to validate himself by putting you down. And that's the funny thing is, is like, he was literally eating like the eight station snacks and Katie and I had just run like a hundred fucking miles. How's my fitness? Well, I don't know. I'm just coming back from a fucking mountaintop. Fuck you. And I'm also menstruating because I'm a boss. (laughs) Menstruating. Okay. Question number two. Hey, Hillary, love the idea of a body image question podcast rather real question can you discuss self-consciousness as a woman with proper sports bras or bouncing when I think I'm running super quick and rather when I'm running super quick and would rather or okay something is wrong with that sentence and but anyways when she's running quickly and she's worried that people are looking at her boobs bouncing I feel I'm not the only one with this concern regardless of size I'm smart diligent and love running but regardless my boobs bounce and it's a thing I was like, uh, what do you think about how bouncing my boobs were? I don't usually think about this. I think it's before right now. Um, and I was like, oh my God, they're bouncing because I'm jogging and I'm not injured. That was what I was thinking. Yeah. And I think you just have to be like, my boobs fucking bounce. Yeah. Everybody's does. I don't think I, th- yeah, I don't think, I wonder if something happened one time where you thought people were worried about that because yeah. I run by women all of the time and I have never been like, oh, her boobs are bouncing and you can guarantee everybody's got a range of sports bras on I don't really want that to happen because of a comfort thing over time and chafing um but I think once you just find something that is comfortable that's all that matters and I think you'll stop caring I wish I had better advice for that but I think that's that yeah like the people don't are not as worried about it as you think google the 100 mile bra that might help with the bouncing I don't know um but I'm the clinician to me is so curious where this thought of this yeah. comes from about others looking and caring and so like the clinician and me would want to explore like where this thought comes from and what this thought means and and you know obviously use a certain theoretical orientation to de- to like really go to go deeper on that where that thought comes from think about a guy's junk and how much that shit's bouncing too right like we don't have that much to worry about and like the balls are so delicate i feel like that would be so uncomfortable just sloshing around in there god I'm going to ask Andy. That'll be our next podcast. What happens when you're running? And they're wearing smaller shorts these days. I guess like the, those like men's like bras for their penises probably help. Wait, what? Well, like what are they? The, my package underwear, whatever they're called. <laughs> I don't think they're called man's bras for your balls though. Oh, but that's, that's not how they market them, but that's what they are. They're like tight spandex that cup your balls. But like my mom podcast calls them over the shoulder boulder holders, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the best thing ever." <laughs> yeah, like anyway, if I was a dude, I'd probably run with like a fucking jock strap on. But I, mean, I don't know that that's true either. 
That would also be really uncomfortable. So, or would you be like, check out my dick bounce? This <laughs> <laughs> would be check out my dick bounce. <laughs> This might be the one episode I just like. Parents don't listen to it. Check Not out for you. Dick bounce. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, last question. Okay, next time you see a dude jogging in the street, how's your dick bounce, bro? It's gonna be so hard. Every single person who listens to this episode is checking out the next guy's dick a hundred percent. There's no way to not. I think the conclusion of this episode is just objectify men in society as much as possible. Just <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That doesn't help anything. Yeah, we're to- we're totally kidding. That's not even a good. We're not. I mean, I it. It. no, we're not. <laughs> Number three, I didn't realize everyone's thighs didn't rub together when they ran until I listened to a girl talking about weight gain leading to chafing. Being super self-conscious of that ever since. Oh, see, it happens by accident. Um, I would love any recommendations on long spandex shorts. You're all about the spandex, but also I just need to nip something here. I don't necessarily think thighs rubbing together automatically like, correlates with weight gain or weight gain correlates with thighs rubbing together your thighs can be fucking skinny as hell and they can rub together because your body is set up in com- like, composition of the way it does i don't think it has to do with weight gain i mean it might have to do with weight gain if you weren't chafing before and now you do but i also think your body can chafe for a bunch of different reasons yeah the, the weight gain changes the chafe a bit because it changes where you touch like that's just the physiology of it but i used to have thighs that touch together because I've always had big thighs, but they didn't chafe for some reason. But after I had a baby, I am the same weight, the same size, all of the same clothes, but the distribution of weight um, between my thighs is different. And now I chafe really, really badly. So like there wasn't a weight gain thing. I don't really look any different. There's just some distribution thing that has changed. Um, Same shorts, same pants, same size, same weight different chafing just because bodies change as we get older and it's annoying, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, I also, when I start running in tank tops, get chafing on my underarms because that skin hasn't rubbed any other skin or like a, a rough vest in uh, since the last summer. Right. So, so it's just, you, it's just sensitive skin. It's nothing um, or heat or salt. You could just, be sweating more salt. So it's not a thing about gaining weight. That person just had different, different um, chafing than they did before. So do not be self-conscious, wear the shortest shorts that you want. However, if you are in pain and need some tight shorts, the Lululemon Align, Tori hates Lululemon, but they (laughs) they are so comfortable and they come in six inch or eight inch or 10 inch. So however long you need to get this chafing and they're like, a light, breathable material. Um, I'm wearing them right now. I sweat. It's an amazing thing. And now all I want to do is wear big baggy t-shirts and these aligned shorts. And it's like the most comfortable combination. I'll probably like be a converter. But I also ordered my favorite, favorite, favorite um, like anti-chaping thing that I had years ago. But they don't sell in Canada, I don't think. Um, and I just ordered off Amazon because I got it here. Because um, I just use like Vaseline or oil or like, but that can like break down your fabrics. But now I ordered off Amazon because I'm like in this frenzy of ordering shit online. Um, it's called Sport Shield, but it's like a, a roll-on deodorant. I don't think it's sold in Canada, maybe in some areas. But I, it's way better than Body Glide and it's better than Vaseline because it like 
whatever it's made with, it doesn't actually like rub off. So you can like go for hours and hours and hours and you still have that like lube on your body for anti-chafing. It's my fucking favorite. Have you not been listening to me talk about diaper cream? Oh, right. I haven't tried the diaper cream. Yeah. That is like, I mean, yeah, it's white. So that sucks. But that shit is fucking magical. So I haven't, I used to have to KT tape under bra and I haven't had to do it. And I've had some 38 K runs recently with zero chafing. And it's right now, or are you just going all out? Am I what? Like, what are you doing this weekend? Um, running that far? Because <laughs> the FKT thing is in like six weeks. Oh, the you- band thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to say that, like, I don't think anyone has the perfect relationship with food and with their body. And I think they're kind of correlated. Um, and yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Well, do you want me to read the one negative comment? It wasn't negative. Just like the one like comment that um, was not in the same as everyone else to, to end this off. Or I thought you weren't going to. Oh yeah. I told you about it. Didn't I? I thought we were going to leave them on a high. No, we- we're still going to, we have a minute. We're going to, I want to do this positively, but I don't think it's fair to leave out a comment. My comment, love you, mean it, but I get tired of these topics. Can we get back to running? Um, my response was no, not until every woman, every, no, no not until, <laughs> it's, it's been too long now. Not until no women feel shame that they're not running and not exercising. So it does have to become more normal. Um, but I mean, maybe this person is just a unicorn and that's amazing that somebody out there doesn't, isn't affected by it. So yeah, and they must've worked really hard internally to develop this, you know, ideal sense of, you know, self-worth. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to sound all Yogi bear, but here, like, I really think it's a lot of internal work. Like the, where like my development has gone is like been a lot of like, it doesn't actually, it has nothing to do with what I look like. It's like just a lot of work that I've done. Um, to ensure this sounds so cheesy, but like ensure my self worth and like just it's a lot of internal work. And so obviously, like we're bombarded with all these you know sayings and images and and gimmicks and things to buy and things to hate about ourselves. But um, yeah, this person is somehow blind to it, I guess, or deaf to it. Well, they also like I don't want to judge her by her body. That's what I'm trying not to do. Well. Because yeah, I can I can only see a small picture of her, and she looks like no one's ever going to say she's fat. No one's ever going to say she's skinny. No one's ever going to say she's too muscular. No one ever's going to say she's not muscular enough. Like she might just be that one person that's like, "What's the problem? I look fucking amazing." No one's ever said shit to me, or she's just overcome it. So amazing. Maybe there is something that we can all strive to. But in the meantime, I'm not going to not have the conversation because only one person I know is over it. So that's kind of the conclusion I got to. But I think one of the conclusions of this episode is that like, we all look amazing. It's all about like how we're feeling. Like it doesn't actually, there is. Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. I, that wasn't how I meant it to say, but. But it's all subjective. Like you can feel amazing. Um, and other people think you look shitty and you can feel really, really shitty. And the world thinks you're fucking bomb. So Yeah, that I think is one of the funniest things is that I can have a day where I feel really bad and nobody has said anything or done anything negative to me, but my brain tells me that every single person was like, well, she can't be fast because that's how she looks. Um, And I just make it up in my brain. 
when really they might be like, oh, that's some fucking weird socks she's got on, you know? Like, oh, we don't know. Socks. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, why somebody else would look at your whole body. Right. Yeah. Anyways, I think this was an awesome episode. Thank you so much to everybody who has reached out and left comments. Um, I'm excited to get this one out. Tori, where can people find you on the interweb? And thanks for being brave. Um, you can find me on the gram. I would love a good slide. Um, Tosho, at Tosho, T-O underscore S-C-H-O. And I'm just going to leave it for there for now. Okay. And I'm on Instagram at hillsport 55 this is coming out, unfortunately, not for a couple of weeks because I had to do a recording bomb. Um, so I have a few episodes already set up, but this will come out in June in time for summer when we're wearing our little shorts. Okay, that's it. That's all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and cheers. Have a great one.